This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Tomorrow, everyone, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. We have been covering the story of 250,000 New York City retired workers about to be screwed by the city they have worked their entire careers for. In a nutshell, basically, these people were promised a certain amount of health care and a certain type of health care. And the mayor's office, both the current mayor and the previous mayor, came to an agreement with the unions representing all of the current and retired city workers, they are going to foist upon them a health care plan that is not as good so that the city can save some money. Well, they've gone to court and they're suing saying, well, look, this is what we agreed to in our contract. You can't just change it. Some wonderful news on this front late last week. I believe it was on Friday. A Manhattan judge is pressing pause on this plan to push New York City government retirees onto a new privatized version of Medicare. This is a major victory for the retirees. In a plan that city officials said would save some $600 million a year, municipal retirees were supposed to be moved from their existing coverage, which is a combination of traditional Medicare with supplemental coverage paid for by the city, onto a private Medicare Advantage plan run by Aetna this fall. City officials had scheduled the deadline to opt out for Monday yesterday. But seniors who decided to stay on traditional Medicare would have had to waive their city benefits and pay for their health care coverage themselves. So you had this group of city workers file this lawsuit in May, arguing that the administration would be diminishing care for retirees and violating city law. And on Friday, Judge Lyle Frank granted the retirees' petition to temporarily block the transition while the case is pending in court. The judge said in his order, as this matter deals with health decisions of an aging and a potentially vulnerable population, mostly on fixed incomes, any lapse in care for these people could lead to deleterious impacts. As Marianne Pizzatola, the president of the New York City Organization of Public Service Retirees said, who's been a guest on the show, this is now the third time in the last two years that the courts have had to step in and stop the city from violating retirees' health care rights. And they're calling on the city and the Municipal Labor Committee to end their ruthless and unlawful campaign to deprive retired municipal workers of the health care benefits they've earned. Right on, Marianne. Wishing the retirees the best of luck, and I hope they ultimately prevail in this lawsuit. Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 
The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. As you could probably tell by some of the musical selections that we play on this program, I am a big fan of Louis Armstrong. Not only his incredible music, which was so creative and so interesting and so different, quite frankly, but I'm also a fan of him as a person and a personality. And he's a figure that I've always really admired. And I am loving the fact that Louis Armstrong's wonderful world is now on permanent display at a new museum right here in New York City. The Louis Armstrong Center brings back over 60,000 items. It's the largest archive in the world for any artist. Brings them all back, and this is what I like best about this project, to the neighborhood of Corona in Queens, right here in New York, where Louis Armstrong and his wife Lucille lived for almost three decades. And in spite of the fact that Armstrong achieved extraordinary success and prestige throughout his entire professional career, Armstrong never left the modest house that he and Lucille shared. It was a gift from Lucille in his beloved Corona. He traveled to over 62 countries, but he always came home to Corona. And I love that. If I ever become wildly famous, wealthy, and successful, I would do the same thing. I would always return home to Staten Island. It's my home, and it's the place that I grew up and made me who I am. And I think that's the way, to some extent, that Louis Armstrong felt about Corona. But it's really neat. They have all sorts of great items, including Louis Armstrong's favorite horn and all sorts of other things. So if you want to learn more about the Louis Armstrong Center, you can go to louisarmstronghouse.org. Obviously, that's L-O-U-I-S, armstronghouse.org. I'm going to link to it on my uh, Facebook page as well at facebook.com slash moranofan if you can't remember how to spell Louis Armstrong. But it is now open in Corona, Queens, opened on July 6th. So it looks like a great museum, and I can't wait to visit. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the Supreme Court case on affirmative action with respect to college admissions. The Supreme Court effectively ended affirmative action in higher education admissions, meaning race can't solely be considered when reviewing an applicant. Well, in New York, legislation has been proposed by State Senator Andrew Guinardis and Assemblymember Latrice Walker that would end the practice of legacy admissions in New York. Guinardis told Spectrum News that the system of legacy admissions strikes at the notion of a meritocracy. If you're not up on what a legacy is, or if you don't follow the world of academia and college admissions too closely, a legacy student is a person who has had a family member attend that institution with the Supreme Court ending race as a con- as a consideration in admissions. Senator Guinardis argues that there is zero justification to have affirmative action just for privileged students. I have to tell you, 
I agree completely. I have looked at the arguments in favor of legacy admissions, and Michael Smirkanish, who's my favorite television commentator since Tucker Carlson's off the air, is somebody that was a beneficiary of legacy admissions, and he tried to make the case on CNN Saturday morning as to why they should be maintained. I found it unconvincing. I think you should not be able to benefit in the college admissions process because of your race or because of who your father was or who your grandfather was. Everyone should have the same opportunity to compete. There should be a level playing field for all students, children of legacies, children of donors, and people that are Asian, black, brown, white, whatever. I am all for this bill, and I don't think it's at all inconsistent to be against race-based admissions and also at the same time be against legacy admissions. In my view, this is the most consistent thing in the world. So we'll see what happens. The bill is currently in committee in both the houses of the legislature and has not received a full floor vote in either chamber. The senator says in the wake of the Supreme Court decision, the time is right, the time is now for passing this bill. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. It does seem counterintuitive to people because I am a casino gambler and enjoy my frequent trips to Atlantic City that I am largely opposed to the expansion of casino gambling in places that don't currently have it. But uh, I've gone into the reasons why, and it's a traffic nightmare, it's an economic nightmare, and I think while it does give something back to the community in terms of jobs, it doesn't necessarily make up for what it takes away in terms of the increased cost of things like social social services. And I am very concerned about the plans for a new Sands Casino in Nassau County over in Uniondale. And it looks like the Sands Casino people came in and they threw their money around with everybody. All the local politicians, Bruce Blakeman, the county executive, everybody made campaign donations to everybody, spent a lot of money on lobbying with everybody. And all these elected officials, for the most part, are on board with this plan to build a $4 billion Sands Casino for the Nassau Hub in Uniondale. Well, one entity that was offered a whole bunch of money to go along with this plan is an institution that would be affected very directly. And you know what they said? They said, no, thank you. We don't want your money. It doesn't make up for the damage that this might do to the community. That entity, that institution is Hofstra University, and they are suing the Nassau County planning commission over claims of violating the state's open meeting law by failing to give the public sufficient notice about a public hearing in March to consider the Sands proposal. The university has also blamed the commission for denying the public the right to attend work sessions related to the transfer of the property lease for the casino's development. You see, Sands is vying to secure one of three downstate casino licenses that are up for grabs. Hofstra's lawsuit represents the latest in a series of efforts to derail progress of the opening of this facility. I am wishing them the best of luck because what this planning commission did was rotten. They tried to make this essentially a backroom deal and limit public input and public participation as much as they can. And it's clearly in violation of the law and they should not be able to get away with this. And I hope this lawsuit is successful. Beam me up to be continued. 